You're listening to Journal with Jenny. This podcast will give you ideas to apply writing and journaling strategies that will help you focus on what matters most to you while exploring some of life's big questions. This is your host, Jennifer Traster, a mom, wife, teacher, learner, and expert in using journaling and writing that will empower you to write your best life story and live it. I'm so happy to welcome our guest, Sookie Bansall, an English fluency coach out of Manchester, UK. Welcome, Sookie. I'm so happy you are joining us, and I'm excited to hear how you're using journaling uh, for yourself and with your students. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on, <clears throat> having me on today. It's such a pleasure and to be talking about journaling as well. I'm really excited to get started. Great. Well, to get started, could you just let our listeners know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Suki. I'm from Manchester, UK, um, the drizzly city, as it's known. <laughs> and um, I've been teaching English to international adults for about 14 or 15 years. I can't really quite remember. Oh, wow exactly when I started. Um, starting off quite um, inexperienced, I should say, and you know, without being qualified, it, I just fell into it actually, I fell into teaching. Prior to that, I graduated in English and journalism. So I was chasing this journalism dream for quite a while. And, you know, I started a business back when I was in my early 20s, um, an online kind of blogazine, I used to call it. Okay. Uh, and yes, so I moved into teaching because I was, my auntie actually was hosting students um, from various colleges in Manchester, it, it, like private oh. institutions for English learners. And so one of them asked me if I could help them with their English and the rest is history. So it started there. I started mm -hmm. hosting international students and helping them, I suppose. I wouldn't even call it teaching back then, but definitely helping them with their English, answering mm -hmm. some questions. And yeah, now I moved into or I'm moving into is kind of the transitionary period, if I'm honest, moving into coaching language coaching, fluency oh, coaching, very mindset coaching. So that's where I am now. I, I like to call myself a language fluency coach rather than a teacher. Although I do right. still teach, it's very much a mixture now of coaching and teaching because I've found out, particularly in the last couple of years since going solo, my clients have exceptional English. I work with very high level English users now. Okay. Um, whereas in the past I was working with all levels or like a variety of functions of English, but now it's um, specifically for speaking and okay. to build up confidence and to change the narrative of li limiting beliefs and things like that. So these, right. these are the things that come up and it really suits, I think, my story and how I can encourage people to get the best out of their speaking skills. Oh, that's wonderful. It's really evolved. That's really interesting. And you and yeah. I met 
through Instagram because I was um, interested in how you used journaling with your clients. And I'm curious how you got started with journaling or how you became interested in that and then how it moved to using it to work with your clients. Yeah, okay. You know what? I've been journaling since as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. And where I started journaling or why I started journaling is very different from now, the reasons why I use it now. So it's quite an interesting question. And I'm not sure about other people, but I started journaling when I was in my teens. Mm -hmm. And I guess it relates to my story of growing up. Um, I felt, I suppose... I will be completely honest, as a teenager, I felt very lonely, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And like I had a lot of things going on inside of me that I couldn't figure out. Um, And by saying lonely, I wasn't alone. I had a very lovely upbringing. I had family around me. Um, I had friends, you know, it wasn't anything to do with that. There was just a lot that I wasn't encouraged to talk about. And I don't know if it was the period of time I was growing up Mm -hmm. in the 90s, late 90s. Um, and or perhaps the, the things that I felt I couldn't talk about. Mm-hmm. So I resorted to journaling all the time. I would I would write and write and write and write, and it would release any kind of stress, any mm-hmm. kind of pain, any kind of loneliness or a sense of loneliness. Um, my pen was my best friend. My pencil. Yes. My pen. I say that I too. I say my journal is my best friend, but my pen was yeah. too. <laughs> Yes, you're right. It's such a lovely feeling, isn't there, Mm -hmm. of putting pen to paper. I I absolutely adore it. So, I mean, you probably have the same as me. I'm looking this way at my my pen holder, Mm -hmm. and there's like 50. (laughs) Yeah, I even have a collection of markers Uh, and all kinds of pens here. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh, we're pen addicts, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Journal collectors. I I don't know about you, but you get very happy in the stationary section of a shop. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's how I used to use it. And it evolved into being able to react to write creatively as well. So I'd write poetry, um, very much related to whatever it was I was going through at that time. Mm Mm-hmm. That sounds now. similar to, to, uh, does it? yes, I, I grew up journaling all the time. It just was very intuitive to me, but also, um, like you, I used it to figure things out and try and understand mm-hmm. how I was feeling and, uh, different situations. And I remember writing a lot of probably terrible poetry back then but it was just all about getting those feelings down on paper and it always felt so good once I did just get it out of my body and onto the page and I think writing and journaling helps you gain some perspective and look at situations or feelings or thoughts in a more objective manner um, once they're on the page. So I think, you know, a lot of people start journaling, especially as teenagers, when they are trying to figure things out, because it, because it is such a time of, um, like coming of coming into your own and 
figuring out the world and everyone around you. So I think mm. journaling probably doesn't get as much credit as, as it's due, but um, finding through this podcast, just how many people do journal and started as teenagers or even younger. Mm. So yeah, then how that. did this evolve then? Mm. How's it changed for you? Yeah, I mean, it has changed. I just wanted to say on the back of what you said, it's really interesting to note the um, the lack of knowledge that I had back then about how powerful mm -hmm. all that writing I was doing was for my mental health. And right. I had no idea mm -hmm. that, you know, I was just doing it helplessly. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's incredible to note how powerful it must have been for me to release all of that stuff and not keep it mm -hmm. locked in, in my body. Um, in answer to your question, it's evolved now into this. It's evolved into a, a daily practice. I'd like mm -hmm. to call it a daily practice. I have my, um, so I've been reading this book called Atomic Habits. I don't know if oh, you know yeah. it. Yeah, I've read that. Yeah, a lot of people I know who have changed their habits have, mm -hmm. have, have used that book as an instigator for it. And mm -hmm. one of the habits was to make sure that you leave something out or leave a good cue right. so that you, yeah, so you follow up with the habit. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is on this desk, I leave this book. Okay. Oh, I like it. Very cute, very colorful. I, like I love it. this. Stood out to me in the in the shop that I was looking, walking mm -hmm. around. I wasn't intending to buy any journal, but I had to buy it. <laughs> of course, right. And it has like cute images in it as well. And it has like... Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. You're not weird, you're, you're unique. Mm -hmm. And inside of it, inside the book, it has um, different sections. So you've got like a notes, notes and thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then the side is broken up into sections. Oh, I and like that. Yeah, it's really cool because it, it gets you to think about different things. And I do this now every morning. And it's only been every morning since January the 1st. Okay. I just switched. I don't know if it was atomic habits, you know, having a subconscious mm -hmm. effect on me. But it worked. Whatever happened, it worked. Prior to that, I was journaling, but perhaps not so not every day right every... maybe not so intentionally <laughs> yeah not so intentionally that's mm -hmm. it so you've got your notes thoughts and doodles then it says today i'm feeling my intention for the day i am grateful for things to let go of my meditation experience and then the best moment of today i write Ooh. a few best moments actually so it really breaks up lots of things about your day yeah. that you can write there's a lot of different things going on there. I like the um, gratitude and and letting go. Have you felt a change since you started doing that? Yeah, absolutely. This is it's amazing to note how when I write in this, the rest of the day seems. I mean, you know, not every day we are human, but it seems right. seamless. Mm -hmm. I feel like whatever it is that I've woken up with, 
and I can feel it stirring in my system, whether it's anxiety about my job, about finding more clients, about money, about an argument someone had in my family, you know, all of mm-hmm. these things that right. play on your system. I can just write it down in any of these little boxes and it just dissipates for the rest mm-hmm. of the day. And I, I've noticed that. I love the awareness that I have. Exactly. Clarity afterwards yes um just writing it out just releases it from your body and a lot of times from your I think from your subconscious mind when you like you said those are all going on in the back of your mind and you might not even totally be aware of it but I like those cues in the journal because then you can write those things down and get them out on paper and they do, Mm. they seem to float away or they don't seem as, um, as big and heavy as they were when they're just floating around or spinning in your mind. Yeah. And those things can have, you know, knock on effects on your day without even realizing. So releasing in the morning, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be the way that you, interact with someone it could come out there it could be the way that you're moving about your daily routine you know mm-hmm. could you or it could be that you're procrastinating or something you know right um so yeah releasing it early is really really useful for me and now it's just become a habit i get excited for it rather than feeling it to be laborious for example right. Oh, that's really cool. Thanks for yeah. sharing that. I like the specific, how do you say that word? Specificity of it? <laughs> how specific yeah. it is? Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing every day. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I do like also like to look for cues elsewhere. Sometimes mm-hmm. if I have the space in my day, because I make space for this every morning. So I'm quite happy with that habit now. Um, but I do look for other cues. I think you posted one, a couple of other colleagues posted one. I find them mm-hmm. really interesting to, you know, mull over um, and just explore something different from yeah. these cues. Yeah, I think that's really helpful, especially for our listeners um, to take some of those ideas and you know, some people who are just getting started with journaling, it's very intimidating to just look at a blank page, but mm. you can just simply list, um, you know, what's going on, your thoughts, how you're feeling today, what you're grateful for, what you want to let go of, and keep it as simple as that. And it doesn't have to be four pages, five pages Mm. to be a journaler. You know, you can just write down one or two phrases, sentences, and you can call yourself a journaler, in my opinion. So this is very helpful. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And that that actually leads on to um, how I use it with my clients as well. Okay. Because... The, o- it, the overwhelming thought of starting journaling actually prevents a lot of people from starting. So, right. uh, and that's 
just with gym, it's it's for everything, isn't it? It's for most things mm-hmm. that we do, like right. even just wanting to go to the gym, you know, it, it feels like a big task in your head, mm-hmm. but you can break it down. But one of the things that I do, not only with myself, but with my clients, particularly the clients who are a little bit dubious about starting, is to mm-hmm. is to time themselves. Oh. Give themselves, or sometimes I say, give yourself just five minutes, just try mm-hmm. it out. And when the alarm goes off, just stop. If you don't right. feel like stop, keep going. But if you do, just stop. At least you've done it, you know? Right. That's a great idea. Yeah. I think um, as natural, I think, you know, like we were saying, journaling came kind of naturally to us. So we do mm. need to put ourselves in somebody's shoes who does feel a little nervous about starting or not knowing where to start or what to write about. Um, mm-hmm. So do you just, do you have your clients free write when you say the five minutes or do you usually give them a question or a topic to write about? Yes. Yeah, so um I've started to incorporate journal prompts into my lesson plans, my PDF mm-hmm. material. I make um, tailored PDF material for every client or every group class that I do, group session that I do. Okay. Um, so over time, I get to know the clients and I get to know what their fears are. Yeah. I get to know or I get to hear them repeat their limiting beliefs. Mm. One thing that I've um, really realized since going solo, since the pandemic went solo and I've realized that high level English users actually can be very unconfident in their skills yeah. and it's not relative or it's not related to their English skill. So mm. this is where it's evolving now and I'm finding yeah. myself coping more and more because actually the people who come to me, their English is exceptional, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and they have such in detail knowledge of grammar and structures of vocab but they just tell themselves how bad they are constantly repeating these stories yes so yeah the prompts that i give in the pdf really are tailored to the clients that come to me because i get to know them over a period of time but Mm -hmm. um i've got a current client actually she's she's taken up a blended coaching and teaching um strategy which is what I'm offering these days where we'll spend some of the session coaching and some of it on linguistics or language acquisition or building a vocab or something. Um, so we start with the coaching and I'll just listen for cues from the client about when they are bad mouthing themselves mm-hmm. or, you know, they are, they are saying something about themselves, which isn't related to their English skill. I'll take note of it and at the beginning of the following session we'll speak it out first I'll give some questions and say oh so you mentioned this last week you said you want to be fluent but you're not fluent Mm -hmm. you know what does it mean to be fluent for example just to clarify some of these beliefs that they have yes at the end of the pdf I'll give them a journal prompt and it will relate to what we spoke about at the beginning of the session okay Oh, that's neat. Yeah, I can. I think that happens for so many of us, an unrelated past limiting belief 
creeps in and holds us back or makes us think that we aren't good enough at something. And I like that you're confronting that and having them write about it and just be aware and mindful of it. Mm. Yeah, totally. It's quite hard to hear sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. it's quite hard to hear people being so hard on themselves. And we've all been there, so we can all really relate to it. Um, Have you noticed that um, now that you are in tune with limiting beliefs or the way people talk about themselves, that now when you hear somebody do it, you almost like cringe a little? Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. When you you hear some, do you mean when someone is like kind of like bad mouthing themselves? You know, I've, you know, maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have really noticed it. But now Mm -hmm. that I know how detrimental that is to your brain and the way you think of yourself Mm -hmm. and um, how much that can hold you back or not allow, you know, things to, happen or manifest so now you know I just know that words have so much power and they carry so much power and so whenever I hear someone now speaking about themselves in a detrimental way I'm like oh no don't say that (laughs) or don't even think it you don't want to have that that energy of the that word or that thought and um I think it's neat that you're doing this work to help people clear those negative um, limiting beliefs. Yeah. uh, Thanks for saying that. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really, it's really satisfying. You know, it's really, um, it, it feels wholesome and it feels like the right direction for me because I've been working on myself since I can remember. Right. And it's, you know, and when it doesn't, I, I've got a long way to go as well. You know, it never ends, does it? In, no, in, it doesn't. <laughs> and so, but I just feel like what you were saying before, when you hear someone else mm-hmm. bad mouthing themselves, and I've become so in tune to that. Yeah, when I do hear it, I feel, I feel like I want to give that person a hug. You know, like right have to be so horrible to yourself like Mm -hmm. there's enough people out there doing that to you behind your back or there's a world full of horribleness you know if you if you look into it you need to be doing that to yourself as well so I just try to flip that narrative a little bit or try to acknowledge get them to acknowledge through very specific questioning more so than me giving advice just through questioning to find Mm -hmm. the power within them right counteract these thoughts you know mm-hmm. I wish someone did that for me right <laughs> I, like I know I wish I would have known this when I was a teenager in journaling or even in my right. 20s just yeah. trying to figure this all out and but it is it's a constant it's a constant uh I don't want to say battle because it's it's not supposed to be that way, but it's just something that you constantly have to be aware of and mindful Mm -hmm. and just very um, in tune with so that you aren't having any of those words carry any weight in your life because we do need to be better to ourselves. And 
I have found through journaling that I am so much better to myself when I am really in tune with journaling and I'm writing about anything going on um, inside my head. You know, then like I was saying earlier, when you look at it on paper, you're like, that's not even true. Like, what stories am I telling myself and which ones do I need to rewrite so that um, life is a little more peaceful and joyful and as it should be? Yeah, for sure. Just picking out on what you said there, um, the evidence. But it's good to, it, journaling is brilliant for evidence as well to show you. Mm-hmm. And I'm referring back to my clients to show them how if what they they are saying most of the time not is true. Um, because they have evidence written down. That's And, you know, getting those benefits across to, to people who aren't really haven't really thought about the benefits of journaling or maybe they just don't like writing and especially in their plus language it's tricky to get people to do it and perhaps they don't have to you can also do other means of journaling like audio audio journaling oh you know Mm -hmm. there's lots of technology out there that supports being able to do the same thing as written journaling so right yeah 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 evidence is so important isn't it for your limiting beliefs it is, and um, are the any kind of brain science or um, it it does point to writing this out. And I was just reading about Dr. James Pennybaker's research, and um, he had he started this with himself, and then he thought, well, should I try this with my students and he had them write about their feelings and emotions and their thoughts with facts about any kind of very personal um, thing that was stressful or upsetting and um, or even traumatic. And the people who, or the students in the one control group who were writing about those things as compared to a couple other groups who were just, one was writing about like what they saw outside, another wasn't doing any writing. But the group who was doing this, I think it was after even just four consecutive days of 20 minutes of writing about this situation, their feelings, that they um, even had improved health because these were college students, they tracked like they were going to the doctor less. They we're having feelings of resilience and um, they were just able to process all those things on paper and release it from their brain and their body so that it was, it was not as big of it. I mean, it's still a big deal, but they were able to just stop the spinning and get it down. So I do think, um, where you're even being more specific about limiting beliefs or, or negative things people say about themselves when it comes to English fluency, I can see where the benefits will just be amazing for how you're coaching them. So I just think that's pretty awesome that you're doing that. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I think um, actually the education system as a whole doesn't utilize 
the mental health of the of students generally right and i feel like there's something this is quite a big statement but there's something broken in the system which doesn't focus on um how people are feeling about mm-hmm. their studies about their life what's affecting their studies you know things like that yes um, we've i just definitely no go ahead you can go ahead <laughs> I, I, I finished go please. um <laughs> no, I, I agree with that statement because I was a teacher for 22 years and mm-hmm. the system has very much evolved into, um, we're still putting an emphasis on learning, right? But it's more on production and on the outcome. It's more on the mm-hmm. tests and how you, you know, not only the state testing or national testing but also the tests that you take in class. And there's such an emphasis on on grades and not on the process of learning that, and this is a state big statement as well, but I do think that it has taken a toll on the mental health of not only students, but on teachers and administrators because we're in this production mode in the outcome mode and not enjoying that process of learning and not stepping back and reflecting. And um, I saw it as a teacher. I see it in my own students. I felt it as a teacher. And there is something very broken. And so many students have mental health issues that either they weren't sharing or you know, I mean, maybe at first when I started teaching, they just weren't sharing it and they weren't um, hiding it. But I've also seen a number of more suicides too. So, Mm. I mean, I feel like people are more aware, but then they're still not processing. And, and um, I just see, I do see that as a as a problem as well, that we need to step back and reflect and take care of ourselves and our mental health. And um, that's why I'm such an advocate of journaling and I, I believe it can change your life. And um, so the work you're doing is, is really awesome, I think. Thank you. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly that I think journaling can change your life because it's changed mine. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can see how um, I just had a journal throughout my life and it's always gone with me throughout everything. And I probably haven't thanked it enough, to be honest. And lots of them yeah. have been thrown away now, you know, and I'll never see that writing again, but it will have everything that I needed in that moment in order for me to get through another day. So it's really, I can't even express how beneficial it's been to my, to my life, to mm-hmm. my mindset. And this is why I feel like it's so important to incorporate it into my English sessions with mm-hmm. people who are linking um, troubles with their English, with their linguistics. Yeah. To their to the sorry they're mislinking their linguistics and their confidence and things like that and mm-hmm. things they hold about themselves and where that stems from that's something that 
I like to try and help them uncover um, mm. and to distinguish two separate things. One is one is mindset or limiting beliefs or mm-hmm. you know an array of other things that go on in people's days, like just living or looking after family or you know everything like that. Versus right. this is to do with improving my English. So they're mm-hmm. two very different things, but I'm trying to get them to separate them in their minds. And you know I'm seeing changes. I'm seeing changes in um in the adults that I I coach and it's interesting as well because adults come with so many burdens and they Mm -hmm. carry things through their lives and if they're if they go unresolved then they they just spiral and become bigger they become a snowball effect and then they affect mental health and they affect confidence they affect self-esteem um Mm. so yeah just trying my best to question get them to question yeah everything <laughs> yes that's because it's great. helped me I've seen it work. uh-huh yeah because our brains you know they are meant their their intentions are good um you know the some of those limiting beliefs your brain is trying to keep you safe and in survival and mode and um but it's not always logical and it might be based on something that happened when you were five. So, mm. you know, the, some of those limiting beliefs we can let go of. And it's okay to um, to change those and rewire our brains. Um, thank goodness for neuroplasticity, right? Mm, yeah. And, um, and I think journaling helps with that. You mentioned yeah. uh, being grateful for your journal and maybe you in our... And our, when we're journaling, what we're grateful for, and our listeners can do this today, is to thank our journal and maybe even write a little thank you letter to our journal mm. inside of it. So um, I do think that would be a fun little uh, writing prompt, I guess, to write a letter to your journal and how grateful you are for for it. So um is there anything else that you want to share with us or any other tips or things that our audience can try at home you've already given a lot but if there's anything else i'd love for you to share um something that springs to mind is um one thing that i use in my english sessions with my clients is celebration it, yes. re- it relates a little bit back to um what you were saying about the system um mm-hmm. being very uh result focused mm-hmm. and rewarding results reward rewarding high results but actually what i'm trying to make a habit in my clients is the fact that their effort is deserving of their own praise and right. the effort and the process so yes if there's one thing that i can that i now incorporate into my journaling my daily journaling habit is to celebrate something about the process just to try to rewire that neuroplasticity (laughs) just to remind it yes this is brilliant this is the reward yeah you you are in time and effort and hours and you know sometimes people put money in and you know whatever you create a space for yourself to achieve what you want to achieve but actually this moment this process right is very worthy of celebration i'm so happy that you brought that up i'm that's a great 
tip for our audience, for our listeners, because yes, we do need to sit in that celebration and, um, or dance. You know, I like to have little dance parties after I've accomplished even a half an hour of writing time or, or anything, <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, that's really important not to just be focused on the outcome, but to celebrate that the effort and the process. And um, even if it's little and tiny, just celebrate yourself. I, I felt like when I was caught up in work and in all the things for several years, you know, you'd accomplish one thing and then it was move on to the next thing. What's next? What's next? What's next? And not really owning, you know, some of my accomplishments or, um, or just playing them off and not making a big deal. And not that you, you want to brag or anything, but just to, um, even have a little personal celebration or, um, yeah, I just think that's really important to celebrate ourselves. So thank you. For sure. Totally. I hope, yeah, if that's one thing you can take away from this session is to celebrate yourself and your small wins. It's really worth it. It definitely is. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I think our listeners will truly enjoy our conversation here and they'll walk away with lots to journal about. So thank you so much for being on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Suki and I today on the podcast. To connect with him, check my show notes and go write your day into a beautiful story. Remember to subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. You can get in touch with me through my website, jennifertraster.com. Until next time, I'm Jennifer Traster. Thank you for joining me. And remember, you have the power to write your own story and live it.